0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Before we get started, we actually have a really, really cool video that I'd like to share with you guys, so take a look real quick at this.
1: This is a very unusual photograph for me to take, because I am looking in the camera. I really do hate
0: having a still picture taken, but I love Brigitte and that is a, um, this picture is a reflection of our friendship. This is uh, so wonderful to see William Styron, my old friend, his protective arm over me. She's really interested in the interior of the person she's
1: um, photographing. When you're in the room with Brigitte, you always find her in a place that, that, that you least expect her you know she doesn't go to the obvious place so she doesn't go to the sort of axis of the the audience would be she's she's always on a sort of weird little angle but you have to look for her because she's invisible this photo of Kate is I think it's amazing I, I'm assuming that's her halfway through the makeup process the aging process that she went yeah. through on the reader and um, there's something sort of heavy lidded about her eyes and 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 just like a the faraway stare that I remember from when I watched her in the movie It's, it's very interesting the way um, she uses the camera as an instrument for life and for having a, res- a relationship with people and an instrument through which you see the world. And also she has an incredible ability to know when it's the right moment and that's why I think so many difficult people let her take a picture of themselves.
0: So much of her stuff, she captures a moment, but that somehow is a distillation of an essence of either a character that an actor's playing or of the person. This was in the cab after three hours in the theater. Cyrano in a cab and uh, Brigitte, as usual, snapping away. When I look through the book, I just see that cliche of having captured something essential, which is what makes it art. Opposed to just another snapshot of somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, renowned staff writer for The New Yorker, Adam Gopnik, and tonight's guest, award winning photographer, Brigitte Lacombe. Good evening, good evening, Brigitte. Wonderful to see you. Good evening. Do you, do you realize we have known each other now um, for um, just shy of 30 years? That's an astonishing thought, yeah, isn't it? it but is. it's a reflection, I think, also of your, um, your nature and the nature of your work, that it's very much about long-term intimacy, that the people you have photographed, that you rarely, uh, people arrive at the studio and, and you, shoot them but most of the things that are deepest in your work come out of uh, out of long-term friendships
1: yeah absolutely I've been following the same um, subject I mean usually actors or director for sometime 30 years you know
0: so this is the bring the, I think you need to bring the mic up a oh, little okay there yeah. you go Okay, More, yes. so, <laughs> okay. Um, as for instance now this is the first time you met Meryl Streep this is the first yeah. time you photographed Meryl Streep yeah
1: it was on the set of Kramer versus Kramer and um, uh, that was the, the, yeah, the first time I met her 79 in New York and um, I was asked to come by Dustin Hoffman that I had been working with um, and do some picture on set and then they asked me to do the poster and that's the first time I met Meryl and ever since we've had this ongoing Uh, friendship that is a bit uh, strange because the things that she likes the least in life is to be photographed and all I want to do is to photograph her Mm -hmm. but somehow we've managed to to do it did
0: did you one of the things I know you always when we get a phone call from you and you'll always say I met or I just saw the most astonishing new performer or right? i just and you're always in searching for yes. people of great gifts of yeah. of a kind so is that part of your art and part of your work is finding the people who who you think are interesting in each generation
1: yes well the thing is i i want to to do what i want to do every day in terms of photographing the people that are interesting to me so i'm generating a lot of my work by suggesting to magazine or to the people that I work with to photograph such person. And I'm trying to always um, photograph the people that are fascinating to me. So sometimes they are older people, sometimes they are young people that I just discovered.
0: As a let's, So this is Meryl being very Meryl, being very... Uh, it's a performance pic- uh, picture. One of the things I've noticed always in your work, Brigitte, is that you tend... Uh, to be fascinated by performers, but not always when they're performing. Very often, yeah. your deepest pictures come out of moments of intimacy, relaxation, mm-hmm. inwardness.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this picture and the next one that you you, you will show, it's um, in uh, uh, 1988. And that's maybe the only time that Meryl actually let me do a picture where she accepted to be herself, and, 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 and glamorous even though there is not, I mean no, nothing special except that she's just looking extraordinary as she does, but usually she just does not want to even, she's not interested in looking beautiful, she's or, or looking at all at herself when she's not in character. So that's one of the only times really where she just let me, indulge me, let's say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, I, you know, I've never asked you this in all the years we've known each other, but when you were a girl growing up in France, were you drawn to the cinema? Were you drawn to the theater and to performers? Not as... I don't
1: remember as a, as a child, but very... I mean, as a, as a teenager, yes, absolutely. And actually, you know, I dropped out of high school when I was 17 to immediately start to, to be an apprentice, you know, and learn photography just by doing it first in a black-and-white lab. And then, just by doing it myself, but and, and the first thing I wanted to do was to be on the movie set. So, yeah, I, I guess I was interested from at least my teenage year,
0: yeah. And, and what year did you come to America, and how did you begin having a, a, a practice, so to speak, here in America?
1: Yeah, so I had, um, I had met, I had been dispatched to the Cannes Film Festival by Elle magazine that I was working with at the time, and um, I met Dustin Hoffman there that was there to promote um, Lenny, where I was playing Lenny Bruce. And, could, and you know... So this
0: is around 1975? that
1: 75, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was really young and, you know, charming because I was young. And I was also <laughs> the only... I
0: think you were charming because <laughs> you were no, charming.
1: I was also the only woman photographer. There was very few women photographers then. And so I was like, Dustin kind of picked me out of like the crowd of like other guys, you know, and just said by the end of the day, say, why don't you just come and visit my next movie set? And so I ran back to the magazine and I said, I had been invited to America on a new film that Dustin was going to do. And it was all the president's men. So that was my first movie in America and I ended up, after, you know, after a few months, I I ended up staying. But it was was a great luck, I mean, great, great luck. And also I was, like, bold enough to jump, you know, at that invitation.
0: So you began uh, photographing on the set, so to speak, of all the presidents' men. Yes,
1: yes. And then first in Washington, D.C., when they were doing the uh, location, you know, at the Washington Post and... And then in Los Angeles, where they had recreated the, the newsroom yeah, on, and, a, on a lot, you know. So it was all, I mean, it was all new to me, but I, you know, I i thought it was normal, and that was, you know, the late 70s, and, and I met many, many people then because it was a different time, and you could have access to uh, uh, actors and directors in a very different way than you do now. Well, explain
0: that to me, Brigitte, and what, how was it different? In other words, that there were, there were fewer sort of... Guards yes, and... Yes, yes, Praetorian yes, guard between yeah. you and a performer.
1: Yeah, and also the people that I was meeting and was was interested in were on the cusp themselves of becoming... Like, I, I met Steven Spielberg, and Steven Spielberg had just directed Jaws, and everybody knew he was, like, some great newcomer, but Jaws had not been released yet, so nobody knew what will come, you know? And uh, so... and But there was not the same control and you know, like, barrier before you could meet
0: someone. So, so you became friends with that whole remarkable generation, yes, Spielberg, yeah. uh, Scorsese, and... Yeah,
1: yes, I mean, Scorsese came later, but, but it became a, a much deeper uh, a relationship mm-hmm. of work and friendship. But, um, yes, I mean, I, I've always, because I think I should say that my entire life is my work. And I made that choice quite early on, so... Um, my work is in, everybody at first also loves stories and, and then friendship and, and everything is related to the people I meet in my work. And, and I'm, since I'm completely consumed with my work, that's my entire life. So relationships that are, um, um, that, that start as just a, a, a meeting of a photograph, go on for years and years and years because I'm interested in following that person and, and that person's work and that's what I do so I have plenty of time to devote to them
0: So the intimacies in your life are very much tied to the nature of your work
1: Yeah, completely
0: completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's look again Here's if I can get, Here's Meryl Streep again yes. being beautiful and, and uh, glamorous but you have a complicated relationship in your work, I've always thought to beauty, you do wonderful photographs of beautiful people, women especially, but you don't like dress-up, you don't like makeup, you don't like uh, the superficial, the surface of things.
1: Yeah, well, if, if if I have the choice and I do a portrait of someone, I will always choose to have them without any adornment, and if I can do away with... With um, hair makeup um, um, the fashion of it, or even even like to the point where I mean any idea I never come with a, like a concept or, or or will think of asking people to do anything spe- special for me and it's really only about the very old fashion in a way I think maybe or very classic portraiture as um, bare as possible. That's what I always hope for, and I'm as, as bare to. as
0: can possibly yeah. be. Bare yeah. in lighting, makeup,
1: just ba- the basics, very basic. Uh, but you have to to create that situation every time. And and sometimes you are in a studio, sometimes you are in a hotel room, sometimes you are on the side of a set, and you and I recreate every time like the same kind of a protective environment that is very very simple with a white or a black background and I try to work with daylight and that's it and I just stay one-on-one with a person which is as intimidating for them as it is for me really because it's like being one-on-one and when you don't know someone or even when you know them sometime it's really takes takes a lot out of you to actually really look at each it other really be look be so
0: the- this is, um, I'm sorry, I thought Oh yeah, the,
1: where are we? Oh yes, that's also, the, the other film, the first, my great uh, uh, luck was to be uh, invited to go on the set of Fellini's Casanova. Oh. And okay. that was, that's uh, Donald. With Donald Sutherland. Sutherland as Casanova, and that's Federico Fellini. And that's one very important film, and uh, around the same time as, it's also 1975. And that was very extraordinary too. I mean, my introduction to cinema between Fellini and Alan Pakula on, on, on this uh, project of All the President's Men was really remarkable. And, uh, and I mean, it's completely like sealed my passion for that, movie hmm. for good, you did, know.
0: I, I don't recall, did you do a portrait of Fellini?
1: Yes, I did. I, it's not in that group, but right. it, yes, I did. But, but you know, I was. it was a very beginning and of my work, and I I, I did well, uh, but it was very hard to do a good portrait of Fellini because he was like a complete performer. And even though he, he was ahead a, of you, then. he, he <laughs> was ahead of me, yeah. Yes, he gave me what he wanted to give me at that time, yeah. But he was very nice to Brigitte,
0: Can yeah. you enlarge on that a bit? He gave me what he wanted to give me. Yes. Is that, a, is that something you have to fight against yes. often with, with yeah. people? Not often.
1: Because, I mean... With that's performers. For, with yeah, with, uh, right. No, no, no. With politicians, with, uh, with, politician, with uh, uh, businessmen, with people come with, like, an idea of what they should look like. I just had exactly the same... Experience with David Beckham, for example, which you know the,
0: the soccer star, is,
1: the very, the very one, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, I'm helping
0: out a New York <laughs> audience here, <appreciate laughs> a little bit.
1: but and and you know, like someone that will arrive with like one idea of what they look, they should look like, or what they look good in that specific like specific free quarter or you know, eyebrow raise, or whatever it is that they have in mind, and then it, you, you know that there is, I mean, you, you can try, but there is no way you can go to the next level. Maybe it will take a lot of time that you don't have, or they won't give you, or uh, that's all there is to record, per- you know, and that's sometimes the case.
0: But you fight again, but one of the things you do, I think, beautifully, is you work very quietly... To break down that kind of reflexive yeah. defense yeah. and yeah, I work quietly but determinedly. Uh, <laughs> I'm very determined, but sometimes I
1: don't. I don't. I mean, usually I, um, I can, I can, I can make it work, but sometimes I can't.
0: So it's a. Uh, so again, this is from the early part of yeah. your work. This is um, two great directors, Truffaut yes. and Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that is one of my favorite uh, moments for me in. Uh, was really quite remarkable because I had uh, to meet Francois Truffaut who was, that was, uh, sorry, that's a set of Close Encounter of right. the Third Kind and that was 76. So I had just met Steven Spielberg the year before and, or something like that and, and uh, Steven had casted uh, uh, Truffaut um, to play the character of what turned out to be Professor Lacombe and at the time when, when Spielberg wa- was writing the screenplay, he didn't know any other French people, so he gave my name to Truffaut. Oh, I didn't realize yes. that Yes, he called know. him Professor Lacombe, which, of course, I was like very he, like enchanted, very
0: pleased. He's the great UFO expert yes. in the movie, too. So <laughs> yes. every time we see that now, we have to realize yeah. that's... Uh,
1: Professor Lacombe.
0: Jim. So this yeah. is all about sort of coming into a new world, an extraordinarily exciting yeah. time yeah. in American film and yeah. becoming... And knowing people, and then here's a wonderful portrait. Talk tell us a bit about well, this.
1: Well, it's um, Ilya Kazan, Kazan, the director, and that's in Paris in 1977. And Ilya Kazan, the
0: director of On the Waterfront and um, uh, Streetcar Named Desire, yeah. the great figure the, of the yeah. previous generation. Yeah,
1: and 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 at the time, uh, you know, I mean, was either adored or hated for, his political.
0: He had name names in the McCarthy period, yes,
1: yes, but um he came to paris he was actually um he, he was um uh, because he was um, prom- i mean coming to open a film and somehow we struck a, a, a friendship and um I was already living in New York by then, and then for a few years after that, I used to go to his office to have lunch. Huh. Uh, Here every in, first, in New York. yeah, every first day, huh. and, uh, and he had a tiny, tiny office above this. You know the, this um, Deli on Seventh Avenue by Carnegie Hall. You know this very famous. Oh, the deli? Carnegie Deli. Yes, yeah, Carnegie the deli. deli. And so I used to go and, and just like sit in his office. We had like his secretary will bring like a little plate of cheese and cracker and apples, and we will just like have lunch like that. And he was telling me stories. and I was obviously listening, and. Uh, And he was a very remarkable man, obviously.
0: So that means a lot to me, this uh, image. This uh, wonderful kind of um, quiet contradiction in this portrait, which I often Mm -hmm. think is true about your portraits. On the one hand, there's a kind of toughness, almost. uh, You can imagine this guy as a gangster, but at the same time, a a great deal of sensitivity.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very... uh, There was like some... I mean, I'm not going to talk about Kazan because there is so much to say, but you can see like like a kind of a something very very
0: strong about him a little angry and just like do do you um prepare for a portrait this one comes out of an an, of of a friendship but do you prepare sometimes by if you're photographing a writer will you read their work beforehand do you is that important for you or is it much more important simply to have the human
1: uh, no, both, uh, both, are, both are important. I mean, both are to leave it to the moment and the, the instincts that you have about someone. But of course, I mean, and usually a lot of time I, I photograph someone because I want to photograph someone. So then that comes out of my interest in their work. So then, yes, I'm prepared in that way but um, and sometimes i'm not prepared and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but because it to me it's it's completely something that is to do with a, a meeting of, of someone like a like a a moment of intimacy where you are just like looking at someone and something comes out of it that to you sound and feel like it's a real moment a authentic moment that i think that's the way it feels to me and sometimes People agree, you know.
0: It's, it's a love. That would be a lovely title for your collected portrait sheet Meetings. Yes, that be, that's true. That's that true. Nice. Uh, wonderful. Hands here. Tell Oh,
1: us. that's uh, that's David Mamet, the writer and director, and uh, again another friendship that is as long as ours, even more. I mean, I think I know David for 35 years. Um, that was the uh, David Mamet brought me to. Chicago to the Goodman Theatre that his friend Gregory Moser was the, the uh, artistic director of at the time it was 1983 and that was for the first reading of Glengarry Glen Ross that huh. just reopened on Broadway with Great Pacino play. and I mean an extraordinary play that David got the Pulitzer for and uh, it was the first time I was in the like uh, asked to do something in the theatre and. Um, for the first reading of the of Glengarry Glen Ross you know David and Gregory got all the actors on stage there was like some makeshift tables you know and chairs like folding chairs and all these guys it's only guys in the play old uh, Chicago actors like great actors sat around the table and and that, they started to read the play and nobody said anything so I just took a chair and sat with them on stage which they just looked at me and then but did not, because they were like busy and David did not say anything so they thought it was okay but then after that I thought it was okay for me to be on stage so that's the way after that I I photographed plays and then when um, uh, Gregory Mosher came and and reopened the Lincoln Center Theater for the first time after it had been closed for years he asked me to be the the, house
0: photographer. Yeah
1: and then I just proceeded to always be on stage with everybody. And,
0: and this is from, um, this is David at, um, at the, table the first reading the of Bland so it's a yeah. Um, yeah. real moment in the history yeah. of the American theater. <laughs> and he's wrapped up, and, but he's got a cigar. He right. was
1: still smoking and drinking and yeah. no more.
0: And no more, and <laughs> writing wonderfully. Um, Susan Sarandon here, also, yeah. also smoking. Yeah. Black yeah. and white, wonderful black and white. You almost always do not your commercial work, I know you work yeah. in color, but your yeah. personal work, your, your, your deepest work is in black and white. What does black and white give you that color can't?
1: It's what every photographer will say, you know, that's... I mean... Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone <laughs> I mean, who works in black and white. <laughs> oh, I don't have a bit...
1: Uh, I don't have something clever to say. But um, I don't know, it seems like... For portraits, for sure, it seems like it's more... I don't know, it's more uh, immediate... You know, it's more immediate. You, you see the essential of the emotion right away, and you're not distracted maybe by the color. It's more uh, pleasing to me. Also, I'm not exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, that's all I have to say.
0: Um, Orson Welles said once that every actor looks better in black and white. Well, and I, I wish I had thought so about things. That <laughs> it was not a very profound <laughs> remark, but it, Orson Welles. Said it. Yeah. Uh, Susan Sarandon. So was Suzanne, just becoming I
1: mean, she you know extraordinary face and, and personality. And uh, I just love also that she's very, very direct and very, just really as as strong as as she is, as smart, but just direct. No, like flirtatious, like a lot of actresses do a lot of times, you know, to be like being sexy and everything, off the shoulder, like thing. But so I just like like this incarnation of Suzanne, which is very true to her too.
0: To the end thing. Yeah. Um, This is an extraordinary picture of the uh, planked actor. (laughs) Yes, so that is uh, uh, during the, the,
1: on the set of Dangerous Liaison in France, and um, Stephen Freer's film. And that's 88, and that's John Malkovich, Uma Thurman, and Susie Kurtz. It's like a, a break during the shooting. And uh, obviously John was very, you know, comfortable being like the, the seducer that he was in that role. And um, it's it just like all this, that's a moment you look for when you're on a movie set because I don't photograph the scene per se, I photograph what's around it. and. So all these moments, I mean, with Uma wearing her glasses in costume and so on, sunglasses, and and smoking, and all of that. I mean, you always look, you hope for a moment like that when you're on a movie set. I mean, at least I do.
0: A a kind of a secret moment, a moment that's not part of the official life of the film. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's wonderful, again, contradiction of the um, 18th century costume and, uh, and, and the cigarette. Malkovich is another Chicago actor who became yeah.
1: a close friend. I mean, uh, uh, yes. I mean, I, I met John very early on. Um, actually, when he, de- he he was doing True West, you know, the, the Sam, Sam Shepard play. play in New York. And I went to see him with our old old friend, Kevin Klein, And then, again, one of these uh, moments where you meet someone that you forge a, f- a friendship with, and and John... Is this very eccentric, extraordinary, brilliant actor and and interesting man, so, yeah.
0: You're drawn, I know, always to those, to performers generally, but especially to the kind of great eccentric mavericks, Daniel Day-Lewis, John Malkovich, Kevin Kline. Yeah, yes.
1: Well, they're pretty charming and very interesting. (laughs) It's hard to resist them.
0: Here's an amazing photograph of Julia Roberts. Yeah. And it makes me want to ask you about uh, we talked about meetings about trust. You are able overtly in a, in a picture like this to create an atmosphere of intimacy and trust with people who must in some ways be a little skeptical a little uh, be so used to the situation that it, it it's difficult for them
1: yeah well in this case it's eighty nine uh, and Julia has just really started. Uh, So it's like really catching her at the beginning of her uh, career. I think she had just done one film, Mystic Pizza, I think, Uh or something. So this is before
0: Pretty Woman.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And actually that image I like especially because, or that period, I should say, because it's also catching an actress before she becomes the personality that she will become, before everybody starts to intervene and the stylist and the... Uh, you know, let's straighten your hair, and let's you should wear that, and you should do that, and you should lose ten pounds, and you should—all these things that where someone is still completely themselves, you know, or at least a, 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 a very a, a more more of an authentic version of themselves. The, the
0: mask hasn't yet come on so yeah. fully that it removes the face. Uh, yes,
1: that or we- you can just like turn it on off depending if you are in a public performance or if you are yourself, so it's just like more you are you are who you are at that point, and so for me it's always like a wonderful moment to to photograph an actress like that in a very naked way, and then and then you know I photographed Julia many many times after that, but
0: it still remained my favorite. It's a, wonder, it's a yeah. wonderful picture too because there's a certain sort of irregularity in her face as yeah. well that mm-hmm. isn't is beautiful, utterly beautiful, yeah. but not a
1: she's not like conventionally beautiful, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. Who's oh, this? <laughs> so this is uh, Louise Bourgeois, the artist in her studio that was in '95 in New York, and that um, is one of like great moment. I mean, a low moment and a great moment for me because I had been asked by the New York Times Magazine to do her portrait and uh, by Holly Brubach, who was the editor at the time, fashion editor, yeah, and. Um, and, and so um, Louise Bourgeois had accepted Jeanette, actually Janet Johnson, my great the agent manager. and mm-hmm. friend, and just reminded me that actually the condition for me to, that, that Louise Bourgeois had, had put, is that I can come and photograph her, but I will have to submit all my pictures to her. And not just the- All con- the pictures
0: you did of her. Yeah, all the pictures I did of
1: her. And, and I will have to do the photograph of her, then come back with the, at the time we were still working with film, come back with the, the contact sheet and the negative, and she will decide right then and there what was acceptable to her and what was not. And then it was also, and I, I have to say, i sorry, I did not tell you that, she wrote me a note, she wrote a note, so a hand, handwritten note from LB to BL, from Louise Bourgeois <laughs> to <laughs> Brigitte Lacombe, and it was specified everything that will come back and she will look through the photograph. What was not acceptable will be destroyed in front of me <laughs> with the scissors. <laughs> and now Jeanette reminded me that story like in detail and I'm stunned that I accepted it. Right. But I was, I was like so fascinated with her as an artist. And in a way, I guess I decided I had no choice and I really wanted to photograph her. And so we did, Jeannette came with me, and we went and it actually took place. I mean, uh, not Louis Bourgeois herself, but an assistant of hers. The, like, the
0: official yeah. assassination with, of With, with Jeannette
1: being also like, and Louis Bourgeois l- like looking that it was actually really taking place according to her specification. And now, of course, it's absolutely fantastic because not only I have these portraits that I love of her, where she made herself the little, like, uh, what are they called again? The little things that you make with your hair on the side. Uh,
0: pigtails, braids. Pigtails. She right. made the
1: pigtails herself. And 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 then the thing is, I have a true Louise Bourgeois now because I have this letter, handwritten letter from her, which is the most eccentric thing that and, I have ever and, and, given, and, and been given. so
0: much part of her so, um, so much better What's fascinating about that is that this isn't what you think of as a conventionally sort of sage portrait of a great, it's a very eccentric portrait and she, but she loved it and she, she loved it. Oh
1: yeah, no, no, that's what she wanted. She wanted, she wanted to look like that.
0: She didn't want to look like Louise Nevelson. No. She didn't no. want to look, she didn't want to look. <laughs> she was the anti Louise Nevelson. Nevelson. Yeah. It's a wonderful picture. <laughs> um, now Here's oh. a case where actually where artifice and play acting um, assume center stage in a way that they don't often in your work. Yeah,
1: But I have to say again, none of it was my idea. Mm-hmm. And I insist on it,
0: which of course <laughs>
1: can make me sound like a nitwit a little bit, but... Uh, so Jerry it's, Hall and Mick Jagger. Yeah, Jerry Hall and Mick Jagger, in their, at the time they were still married, it was 1996. In France, they had a chateau, they may still have it, I don't know, Chateau de la Fortune. One of them has it now, <laughs> yes. anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, I was, uh, I was doing, uh, like, this big uh, story on Jerry Hall that was more of a fashion story. At the time, I was still doing fashion. And uh, um, um, it was for Vogue, for French Vogue. And it had been agreed upon before, again, as all these two stories, back to back, are showing you how much, like, negotiation, negotiation and goes into and this current, thing. Right. So um, that Mick Jagger will come at some point and be part of one picture. And Mick had agreed with had been a, d- a conversation with the editor at the time, John Juliet Buck. Anyway, so we spend a great day in this extraordinary place doing picture of J- Jerry Hall and the kids. And then I see towards the end of the day, the light is going and uh, Mick no is me. not calm. No. Right. So, uh, and I see him, he's like right here, you know, like playing with the kids. And so I go to him and I ask him, will he come now? and he said oh yes okay okay but give me a minute and he go he disappears, and he comes back like that with uh, you know half an hour later with hair makeup and having borrowed one of the dress from the vogue shoot and just stands there and and for me it was very extraordinary because it had been i and he, he was very serious about it he was not i mean it was a actually a genuine moment and he was not he being... He wasn't being campy. No, he, he was not being, being campy. He was not, I mean, it was even a little sad, I thought. <laughs> you know, because I think maybe he looked a little bit maybe like his mother or... Huh, I was not sure. sure. But anyway, it was like a so beautiful and unexpected for me. And I treated it, and so did they, as a, as a serious portrait. And so for me, that, that's... It's just like the best of the best when someone, not me... Is coming up with the idea of what the image is that represents them, and so it was I,
0: his gesture, not yours. Completely,
1: or, completely, and and uh, I think he, he likes the picture now, so so it was a nice moment is, too. No, no, exactly. It doesn't. It's uh,
0: it's uh, it's an amazing thing, and it doesn't have the feeling of cross dressing. It has the feeling not of a fam-
1: family portrait, like yes, a, <laughs> exactly. at the chateau.
0: <laughs> uh, this is a favorite of mine because it's a real study about beauty and time and age and innocence and experience
1: Yeah, so that was done also that was in london in ninety nine and it's twiggy the great uh... model who was of like the nineteen
0: sixties yeah
1: and and uh, and kate moss and that's the only time as far as i know that they were photographed together that was certainly the first time and i don't think they were photographed together again and it was quite extraordinary because we've known these faces, you know, so well. And, and both of them were completely trepidatious and, and excited with, I mean, Twiggy to like meet her, like, basically copycat. That was like the new version of herself. And then for Kate oh, to... Oh, Mr. Granddaughter. Yes, yes. And for Kate to meet like her idol and the, the, the trailblazer, you know, of that, of, of that world. And these two faces are, are, yeah, very, very. Anyways, that was a good.
0: It, it's a wonderful picture. One of the things I've always noticed in your work, Brigitte, though, is, is that you have a broad idea of beauty. You're not, yes. um, overly impressed by perfect features and. No, but th- that's
1: that's why I'm not interested in uh, fashion anymore, or that's why I'm not interested in youth per se. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not. I mean, a uh, uh, an image, for the, just the sake of a beautiful image, just for the sake of beautiful image, is not something that I'm pursuing, you know. I'm, I'm pursuing people that are interesting to me, or places, you know.
0: Um, another friend.
1: Oh, yes. So that, uh, I mean, I guess in the selection of images tonight, it's, that was maybe the theme of our... Uh, is that everybody that has been in my life for many, many years that I photograph over and over and over again, and I establish friendship with? And this is Miuccia Prada, who is this? Uh, great you know, She's profession. a great designer, and 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 uh, company Prada, of course, and um, and she's at home, and but she she loves jewelry, and mm-hmm. uh, she it was like on a Sunday, and we just decided. I, I, she was in her swimming pool, and she had this jewelry, you know, on the side at the at the home. And she she just like as a playful gesture put one on in, when she was in the swimming pool, and and it became my favorite portrait of her. But um, and she's very private, and she's not someone that that likes to pose in any way. But it was more of a kind of a moment, a playful moment that became a beautiful.
0: Um, but, but that's a role you like as a photographer. Mm-hmm. It's not to sort of intervene and put that on her head. But no. as Kevin Klein said in the video, you like to be on the periphery observing yes. and yeah. then come forward and yeah. seize a moment.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's much more interesting. Much more interesting.
0: Uh, here's um, a, a friend of both of ours, uh, Richard Avedon. A hero yeah. of yours?
1: Yes, completely. And uh, I'm, I'm, I knew... Uh, Richard I've done through you because you were very close to Richard and through Dick. And uh, of course, I had great admiration for him and was meeting him really only through you in in private moment. And I I was, uh, of course, uh, and and Dick was very, very strong. And I knew, I didn't know really if he was actually, because he will never talk about my work, (laughs) of course. I mean, he did only twice. And it was like a big thing, but uh, I knew he thought always that I was doing that. I, I, I know an, an actress told me um, one day, "Oh, I had dinner. I was sitting next to Richard Avedon last night, and I told him I was going to have my portrait taken by you tomorrow." And oh, he said, "Oh, don't worry, you would look beautiful." <laughs> and I thought it was like such a put-down, you know, on his on his on his part but I had my good moment after that because a few months later Dick asked me to come and take his portrait
0: yes that was
1: <laughs> for some great exhibit he was having retrospective and and I thought that it was so interesting that he would rather be photographed
0: by me knowing that he would look good that, and well I think I think you read that properly <laughs> he knew yes. he, he 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 did admire your work and as you know that you once did a portrait of our your yeah, that Olivia, totally random, yeah. and uh, it's a wonderful portrait of Olivia. was three, and there's a beautiful contradiction in the portrait between the enormous, chubby succulence of a of a three-year-old and the kind of Hannah Arendt-like anxiety and intelligence radiating from her eyes. And Dick saw that picture in our home and said, um, "Brigitte took that." And we said, "Yes, oh yes, she did." That. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a uh, a monkey with a nut he couldn't take it. He kept coming back to it because it was he was the most generous and the most competitive of men. and when he saw somebody else had gotten something right, it it both delighted and disturbed him in, in, in equal measure. but it's a wonderful picture of Dick, I think, in part because um, Dick was one of those practiced performers. he knew he was on to the game and yet you got him, you got something out of him that he wasn't entirely prepared to give, yeah. and that was the sort of Jewish grandfather mm-hmm. sweetness in his, yeah. in his, uh, in his eyes. Uh,
1: but and I'm saying also what Dick told you about photography. I'm sorry, yeah. that was the next thing yeah. I was
0: gonna say. Oh. We were once talking about uh, photography, and he said to me, I could teach you everything I know about the technical side of photography in half an hour and everything else is just what goes on between the photographer and the subject. True, do you think? To me, that's,
1: that's exactly, I mean, that's all there is to it, you know, absolutely. All there is to it and that's the most difficult thing in the world mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to actually capture this moment between two people. But that's all there is to it because after that, all the, that is technical, all the camera you use, uh, all of that can be learned, you know, I mean, in half an hour, as Dick said, or maybe a little longer, but it's really... <laughs> an i hour mean, you, and a half. Okay. Yeah, an hour and a half. You have to be very, very, very prepared and know what you are doing, and then completely in the moment, and the moment with the person you photograph, and that is the exchange, and that's, a, and that's, a, that's what you capture then. The photograph
0: that, is the transaction, it's not yeah, the technique.
1: Exact, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. That's really what happened between two people, and the result happened to be a photograph.
0: and that's the record of that moment of that transaction not of uh, what a photographer has done it's a a wonderful thing Um, we were saying a moment ago that um, uh, John Malkovich is a favorite subject of yours and so is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis
1: yeah I mean he's uh, he's, as we know one of the maybe the the most extraordinary actor of his time and uh, very very guarded and very um, does work very little, actually. But I, f- I found that he's completely extraordinary as a person, too, and, and I love his portrait of him, so I just... Uh,
0: in the, um, somebody who has his guard up a lot mm-hmm. of the time, I would, I would think. Is I'm that sure, sort yeah. of like like in The Little Prince, taming the fox, in a way? You just have to be around for a long time and earn a certain trust? To get a portrait like that?
1: Yes, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, it is, it is more of a, of a, um, personal moment than it is of a, of a, you know. Uh,
0: Professional moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so wonderful. Are, are we should, we should, we, should, to, we, to we can talk question? all, we can yeah. talk all night. But I'd love to open it up to yes, everyone in the audience <laughs> to ask a question about this. About anything we've been talking about. You just raise your hand. I'll come on over with a microphone. Oh, I see one all the way on the other side.
1: You talk about capturing the moment, but how many pictures do you take before you get that moment? You know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a question. It's there is no rule. There is no, there is no rule for that. Sometimes you. Get it right away, you feel, and sometimes it takes a longer time. And again, it's not about uh, how many pictures you take. You know, it's is do you do you get what you want, what you are looking for at the end is what counts. So, I don't. uh, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you get it fast. Sometimes you don't. Thanks.
0: Has there ever been an occasion, Brigitte, when you've um, you know you haven't got it? And you feel just frustrated at the end of the day; it just isn't there, and you need to go back, or you just have to sort of surrender. Yeah, it's not gonna I mean,
1: y- yeah, it happened. It happened, and then you just have a um, not a great
0: picture, and a- then you have to r- live
1: without, and you're really mad at yourself, no,
0: <laughs> and not mad at the subject.
1: It <laughs> can be mad at the subject too.
0: <laughs> I want to. Um, please raise a hand if you have something else. Yeah, I don't. We have. Uh, uh, this is a, a lovely study of, uh, of uh, talking about photographers and their subjects. This is a great director and his favorite vehicle, Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro.
1: Yeah, that's in 2002. And uh, I think, again, I mean, uh, 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 Robert De Niro is a very reluctant subject also. I mean, I seem to, like, specialize in see, them too, I mean, between Meryl Streep and Daniel De Lewis and Bob De Niro. but. Um, it's, so, I mean, actually Bob, I mean, Marty is like very easy and and and, and w- was perfectly fine to stay. And But Bob De Niro arrived and wanted to leave right away, basically, so. <laughs> but it's it, it just, I, I like this uh, m- moment between the two of them. I mean, it's really, they have, I mean, the, the, it's really the, about their relationship. They have this long, long, extraordinary relationship, so.
0: Yeah, and you can sense Scorsese kind of tending to De Niro being hypersensitive to yes. is he going to slip right out of the frame or am I going yes. to pull yes. it back? Yes, yes, yes. Um, more questions. Someone oh. over. I have one over here all the way to your right in the second row. So I have a question about um, the remark that you made about Richard Avedon where you said it's not so much about the technical ability but this moment between these two people and I'm wondering, like to me
1: what I see is a certain honesty uh, a, a brief moment that has, um, where where, you know, the subject is revealing something about themselves, and I'm wondering how you go about evoking that with your work. Um, I think uh, um, it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's again it's uh, it's completely uh, it's, it's 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 I think I'm completely in the moment, and I'm completely there to listen and look at the person and i'm 100 percent there for them so i'm absorbing and i'm i think there is a sense of being in good you know like a, in i I'm, I'm full of good intention i'm not trying to catch anybody into like a mo- bad moment or like a, a a moment that they won't give i mean i'm interested in a, in an exchange i'm not interested in stealing something and also i always put people in a very intimate setting very protective settings that by making a little, you know, like protective studio around them, putting them in a good light and and staying one-on-one with them which is very at first unsettling but then kind of comforting, I think. You
0: you mean literally physically building a little. Yeah, physically
1: to make a little house, you know, around them and and really no, I play no music. I don't really talk that much and and uh, it's just like an intimate moment that people can relax into because they feel, they feel they are well, you know, they are not under threat. Which can be a lot with some other
0: photographer. I'm, I've also noticed something Brigitte, I wonder if it's a like self-conscious uh, uh, technique on your part, is that often when I've watched you photograph, you'll sort of blow off 20 or 30, Sort of oh, to let that's
1: a question, that's an answer
0: for you. <laughs> to get somebody sort of to let them exhaust yeah. their practice yeah. way of being before you can go.
1: Yes, yes, I mean it can be like you can, because it's okay to shoot and you know that it does not matter if it's not the moment. And, and people get used to to that, to have like the the, the picture being taken and then they are not as, anxious of waiting. if you take only three shots and it's just like so important, you know. So maybe that's part of it, yeah. It's true.
0: It's yeah. Here's um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio on the set of um, Gangs uh, of New York. Gangs right? of
1: New York in, two, in 2000 at Cinecitta in Rome. And that was, again, I mean, uh, the kind of moment you look for on a movie set with Leo. I think it, it was the first little digital camera and that he was in character. But suddenly, like p- pulled out this little <laughs> camera out, and um, and just like I mean, it's a it's a, that's a it's kind like of it's like
0: this. It's like the cigarette that yeah. Thurman is smoking. It's a, a contradiction. Yeah. So Digital photography. Has there been any um, change in your work as you've gone from working with kind of classic optical photography yeah. into the new age?
1: I think you have to be very. I'm I'm trying to remind myself constantly that you have to be very even more vigilant. Because with digital you there is no end. You know, at least before you had like holes that would stop. And kind of reminded you right. that you had to pay attention to to be to be very vigilant of not taking too many just moments. That does not mean anything. And so digital it kind of encouraged you to just like shoot. And you have to be careful to 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 remain disciplined within something that is completely open ended, you know. That's maybe the most
0: important thing. Uh, we have time for two more questions. I have one right over here on the end.
1: Um, I know that you're interested in American politics, and I was wondering, um, do you find it different doing a portrait of a politician than an actor? Oh. Hmm. That's a good...
0: Well... Let's... Cl- let so me click... For... I mean,
1: we, we... Okay, so we... We're can... going to click past okay.
0: things, because we're talking about uh, politicians and... and performers.
1: Okay, so for example, this one portrait of Hillary Clinton in 2008, that was, uh, we had set up, talking about setting up a little studio, you know, it was on top of the APEC building in Washington DC. And um, I was doing a, a, a cover story for New York Magazine on the campaign when Hillary Clinton was running for president and um, I was with John Hellman, the great writer, you know, who was uh, doing, going to do the interview, and Hillary Clinton had committed to one hour for me to do the portrait, which is a long, long time with, for a politician in the middle of a campaign on top of it. But that day is when she decided to terminate her campaign, I realizing mean, she was... Defeated. D- yeah, she, she just decided she will stop it. Uh-huh. And I thought for sure she had just announced it downstairs and I thought she's not going to do the portrait now. And I was disappointed, but understood. But she came upstairs and said, I'm ready. Let's do the portrait. And she did not try to give me less time. And I asked her and she was, you know, like made up, like because she was on on the campaign (laughs) trail and she had like an outfit on and jewelry. Professional. uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. very professional and hairdo and so on. And I said, will will it be okay to pull your hair back, take down the makeup, get rid of the jewelry and just wear this white shirt? And she looked at me and she said yes and just stood there. And it was one of the most extraordinary moments really of uh, just being very professional, deciding to trust you. And uh, being the extraordinary woman that she is, I mean, uh, and, uh, and being true to her word,
0: yeah, at
1: that moment that she could really—I mean, nobody would have said anything the, if she had said sorry, but another time, you know.
0: It's, so anyway, that
1: was an important moment. And then, if we, I know, we don't have that much time, but, but we could go to. Forward to, to, to a
0: and man that who again,
1: her. yeah, I was uh, again uh, really lucky, but it was before. Um, um, uh, he he, he, he just he had not announced yet that he was going to run so So it's about a year before that yeah that's 2006 and uh, again I had a good amount of time with him in his office and I set up a little daylight studio in his office in Washington and uh, spent all this time with him and I was able it's just very extraordinary especially with powerful extraordinary figure like that that when you get to just look at them, and especially before when I was working, and I still do uh, every time I can with Hasselblad and film, that you really get to look into someone's face. That is a face you know very well from a public, from many, many other pictures and appearances and everything, but you are just one-on-one with them. And uh, you have this moment that you have the same as you have with uh, someone else, but they are, you know,
0: a person before you. Yeah. Can, Can we take start? one last question one and then more I know question. and then I know we have to to stop. Well, well all right, one last I'll ask one last, <laughs> ask one last question. Um, what do you see f- going forward? You've done this extraordinary body of portraiture, performers, politicians, and now the the last turn you've made is something totally different, which is uh, uh, athletes. As yeah. a sub- as a subject, in yeah. the n- new book you've done, the new, yeah. the new exhibition.
1: Um, well, this, uh, this was uh, athlete um, Arab, Arab woman athlete, and and that was that was a project I did for the Qatar Museum Authority. It was an, an exhibit at Sotheby's in London for the uh, at the time of the Olympic this summer, and that was a complete discovery for me because I know nothing about sports and. care
0: nothing about sports. (laughs) I didn't know.
1: Now I care a lot. But, you know, I did not care very much before. But it was like discovering a new world and uh, absolutely fascinating world to me, this woman. And it it, it just also happened to be like the most topical subject uh, at the Olympics, that what country will let women... uh, Participate and and I mean it was and the variation In, and the, the
0: intersection of the Arab Spring and the Olympic Summer. Yeah, anyway.
1: I mean that that was a very very interesting project that we worked on for a year, and uh, so no, I'm, I just intend to go on, you know, to do as many as many portraits and, and and stories as I can and keep traveling, and um,
0: that, um, that's my life. And every year, this is the thing all of us who love Brigitte always say that every year. Longer that she stays with us in America, her French accent gets more powerful. I I I have to apologize (laughs) to all of you. Thank you so much, Brigitte. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.